Hey, sister. All right. So we've got a really fun interview today with our doctor of the pod, Dr. Jamie. We go into all the things about thyroid and getting pregnant, how that impacts your reproductive hormones. We talk about birth control, detoxing, all of the things, and it's all connected to the thyroid. So it's very, very interesting, and I know you guys are going to love it. And we've actually split it up into two parts. So all the things I just mentioned is what is going to be in part number one, and then we'll have a really fun part number two released on Thursday. But before we get into it, I just want to talk to you because I, um, man, I talked with a client recently, it was actually in a consult and, um, I just like, it just irks me that, um, her doctor and I know your doctor may be telling you that your next step to being able to have a baby is to do IUI or IVF and your heart just feels unsettled with it. And you have a desire to understand like, why am I not getting pregnant? You know? And anyways, that's what this client was sharing with me. And I just remember when I was told by my doctor after our third miscarriage that like, you know, we can do some testing, but we can't really figure out exactly why. I just was pretty hopeless and disheartened at the situation. So I am here to be that friend in your ear to tell you that you can know better and you can do better and you can get actual answers to understand what is going on inside of your body and what can you do to support your body in God's design to help you be able to conceive. So Guys, I am having a healthy cycles class at the end of this month, January 29th, and I want to share with you what I have found to be an amazing lifestyle and easy to do steps that you can simply do and learn from this class that will truly kind of get you to the next step of supporting your body naturally in God's design. So I want you guys to go into the show notes and sign up for that Healthy Cycles class. And um, I hope you guys love this interview with Dr. Jamie. Hey sister, welcome to For the Love of Hormones podcast. Do you have a desire to get pregnant in God's design and be free from the pressure of going straight to IUI or IVF? Hey, I'm Becca. While I was blessed with two children, I then suffered from three miscarriages. I too felt emotionally wrecked anytime I was around a pregnant friend. I wanted to understand God's design for my body and how to care for it naturally, but I just kept telling myself that it was too complicated and I needed to be content with my circumstances. Until I found the answer, hormone health and tracking. In this podcast, you will find answers to all of your period, ovulation, and cycle questions so that you will be able to find the path for getting pregnant in God's design. So sister, for the love of hormones, put that pregnancy test stick down and grab your Bible, matcha green tea, and a journal because it's time for a come to Jesus and hormones meeting. All right, everybody. We have our doctor of the pod, Dr. Jamie Eller on today. Hooray. It's been too long. And um, today we are going to talk about the thyroid and how that relates to fertility, how it works. I'm just going to pick Dr. Jamie's brain on it. So before we get started, let me jump in with a word of prayer and then we'll get going. 
Lord Jesus, we just come before you and thank you so much for allowing us to come on despite the technology difficulties or incompetencies on my part. And um, God, I just pray that you would bless this discussion and conversation about the thyroid. And I pray that you would um, just speak knowledge and understanding through um, Dr. Jamie and myself about how this relates to um, our fertility and to being able to get pregnant and our health and all of those things. And so I just um, ask that you would bless this episode and that it would be a huge blessing to everyone who listens to it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So Dr. Jamie, welcome. Welcome, welcome, hey. welcome. I don't think... been a bit. I know. I think it was like your interview was the last tiny you were on uh-huh. so here we are yeah, and then the holidays happened so it was it was <laughs> madness it was just madness like I feel like I'm finally almost settled but right yeah I'm glad to be back yay so glad all right so let's dive into today's topic the thyroid so as hormone coaches we got you know some training on the thyroid and how it relates to fertility and getting pregnant and our hormones and all of that, it's definitely like an overview and it's a lot more information than um, someone who doesn't know anything about the thyroid would receive. But with you as a doctor, I'm like very curious about just your your take on the thyroid and how it relates to our hormones and our endocrine system, fertility, getting pregnant, all those all those things. So I guess we should start with, tell us about the thyroid and how important it is and how it works. Oh, that's a loaded question, but I'll do my best. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, So the thyroid gland is a butterfly-shaped gland that sits in in the front of your throat, if you will. Um, You can often feel the cartilage kind of in the middle of your throat, and the gland sits on both sides. And it is responsible for kind of how I like to describe it to my patients, like setting the pace of your metabolism. And if if your metabolism is slow, then, you know, you're going to have the side effects of that. A lot of times you're fatigued and you feel like you're gaining weight and your skin's dry. And then if it's kind of running a faster pace, you're you're going to feel your heart rate, your your baseline heart rate might be a little bit faster. You might notice sometimes people get like these little bug eyes, if you will, <laughs> their, their wow. eyes are kind of popping out yeah. a little bit. Uh, they have trouble get gaining weight. Um, so those are just some minor general um, like differences between, you know, a slow and fast metabolism, if you will. There's a lot more to it. But the thyroid's kind of like the control center for that and it can be influenced by a lot of things including stress diet nutrition um, sleep all of that Um, and it's a lot people think oh it's just the thyroid gland and it's doing its own thing and it's completely by itself the whole uh, neuroendocrine system like every organ in our body is an endocrine organ and they are uniquely tied together and so um it's more than just the little gland in your throat. The thyroid has a intimate relationship with the pituitary gland in our brain. Um, And then every organ, every cell really um, has a um, thyroid hormone receptor where the thyroid hormone can act on and influence our different organs. 
whoa, that was a lot. Okay. That was really good. Good job. <laughs> I, I am no professor. You are the professor. Did you guys know that Dr. Jamie is a professor? Yeah. You're not still doing that now, are you? Did you stop that? No, I, I can't help but teach. Oh so my <laughs> Wow. I don't know how you do all of it. I was doing full-time until I decided to open my own practice, but I am now considered community faculty. That is so, so I just cool. kind of go in a couple afternoons and help out. That's amazing. That's so cool. Um, okay. So I had some thoughts. Let's, let's discuss a few of these things that you just went through. So one of them is, um, you said that the thyroid, is it, is the control center from the pituitary gland or does it control the pituitary gland? Okay. So let's talk about that. Okay. And this will kind of come into play with, um, the labs too, because everybody gets their thyroid labs and then nobody knows how to look at them or, or they see the TSH and they think it's high and then they think they're, they have enough hormone and uh, it's, it's actually an inverse relationship. Um, and it's not just patients. There's still, there's quite a few, uh, clinicians who struggle to accurately interpret the, the values. So there is the pituitary gland, right? But mm -hmm. the way I like to think about it is the brain is always monitoring signals, whether they're hormones or, or electrical impulses in the nervous system, they're always being sent to the brain. The brain looks at it and makes a reaction, right? So there's always this constant monitoring by the brain. So the brain, one of the things it's monitoring is the amount of thyroid hormone that is in the system of it available. And it's deciding, do I need to, do I need more or are we good, right? So that control center is really coming from the hypothalamus. It is okay. kind of monitoring, right. right? And so from there, if the hypothalamus is not happy with the levels, it's going to send a hormone, hormone called uh, thyroid releasing hormone, TRH, I think. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't talked about this in a while. Yeah. But it's, in, it's, <laughs> it's sending a signal to the pituitary gland. Okay. And a lot of us are familiar with the pituitary gland because it has a big role with a lot of hormones, including our sex hormones. It's right. the pituitary gland that then can send um, thyroid stimulating hormone, TSH, into the bloodstream. And that's how it gets to the uh, the organs that it's trying to reach. So the anterior, the anterior gland of the pituitary releases TSH. And through the bloodstream, that then acts on the thyroid to stimulate it to release the hormone. That's why it's called thyroid stimulating hormone. Okay. So, so the pituitary is kind of the messenger, if you will. It's a, it got a message from the hypothalamus and it's sending a message to the thyroid to, hey, wake up. We need more hormones. Right. Which that's really interesting that you say that because... Um, the pituitary gland is where FSH and LH are fired from. And mm -hmm. so if you're having, you know, thyroid issue and what you were talking about before, if I'm right, you were talking about hypothyroid and hyperthyroidism, which you were describing mm -hmm. before. Um, so with either of those, they're influencing the pituitary gland in a certain way. And if that is messed up, is do you feel like that's what's causing the like 
I know this is such a loaded question because like the endocrine system is like bonkers, crazy, complicated, but it's interesting. It's like, okay, well, if the thyroid is off, then that means that the pituitary gland is being influenced in a negative way, which would make sense that FSH would be struggling because- So that is a perfect question and and a segue into other labs that we do. Okay. So a lot of us who who get some blood work are they are familiar with the TSH and maybe a T4 because oftentimes they kind of go as a combo and that's all we ever see for mm-hmm. most people. Um, and that's what honestly that's what a lot of us are told to order and that's what insurance will cover and that's that's it. They they'll kind of push back for getting a full thyroid panel if you will unless you have a pre-existing thyroid condition. So. The other hormones, so let's say like we left off with TSH. So TSH is waking up the thyroid gland to to make more hormones. So what hormone is that? It's first going to release T4. And I'm not going to go into the big scientific names. <laughs> we'll just leave it as abbreviations because that's how they come up almost. Yeah, that's too. fine. Yeah. Okay. So we have, <laughs> we have T4 and then there is a um, ionization process happens and it gets converted into T3 because there's three iodines associated with it. And so that's, a lot of people know iodine is important for your thyroid. You you do need iodine for your thyroid. Um, So T4 gets converted to T3 and then T3 gets converted into free T3 or reverse T3. Free T3 is free to go around and and interact with all the tissues. And basically, like how I like to think about it is like, give life. (laughs) It's it's there. It's a a sign that you're thriving, right? Reverse T3 is the isomer. It's like the mirror copy, the opposite, right, of of free T3. And its job is to compete with free T3 on the same receptors that are on your cells to block, to shut things down, to slow things down. So it's a built-in safety mechanism. It's because a lot of people like will look at it and be like, oh, reverse T3 is bad. Well, to me, reverse T3, when I order it and it's high, it's why is it high? This is a built-in mechanism designed by God for a specific reason. It's supposed to be there. So what is this telling me? And so a lot of times reverse T3, when it's elevated, it's a sign of stress, which we know we've talked about before. There's so many types of stress. It might be infectious, might be emotional. um, It can be inflammatory. But what that, what is happening is, Hey, there is something going on that you need to address. And until then, we're not going to put energy into thriving. This isn't a good time to have a baby, right? So I'm not going to send all this free T3 out to help your increase your metabolism and support your body for creating another life form. We got to redirect all our energy into addressing this problem. Yeah. And so a lot of times your thyroid's perfectly fine. It's doing its job, but you're not getting a good amount of free T3 because you're producing too much of the, of the, the uh, opposite, the reverse T3. Because there's some sort of mechanism going on to that needs to be addressed. Okay. 
Gotcha. That was a lot. And I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> I would encourage you listeners, like if you can just go back a little bit and just jot some notes down so you can begin to learn. Like this is huge. What Dr. Jamie's giving us, like she's giving us a thyroid lesson, <laughs> which it's huge. It's, it's huge for us to understand and know better because that the thyroid is, it's really pivotal in us wanting to be able to get pregnant and having hormone balance. And if the thyroid is off, it's going to throw off everything else. So having your thyroid in check is really important. So, um, Dr. Jamie, can you tell us more about like, so you said most doctors will test for TSH and T4, um, but there's something called a full thyroid panel, which this is something I love to talk about as well, but tell us about what you enjoy as a full thyroid panel and why it's important. So, yeah, so that's a great question. The full thyroid panel can, there's really like, I order my labs through LabCorp. There's really nothing that's, to my knowledge, that says full thyroid panel. Right. I've kind of, you know, and, and depending on how functional medicine you want to go, but at the very least, one time for my patients when I'm seeing them, I like to get very comprehensive work. So I'm getting the TSH, I'm getting a T4 and free T4, I'm getting a T- total T3 and a free T3 and the reverse T3. And I can then look at this mechanism and say, what is my TSH, which tells me that my brain's happy or not happy with the amount of hormones in my situation. And then now I can break it down. Okay, if my TSH is in a good level, perfect. If it's not, why? Is it a problem with my thyroid not making enough T4? Because that's the first step, right? So is there an issue creating T4? If not, then move to the next step. Is there an issue with converting T4 to T3? If not, go to the next step. Am I converting too much of that T3 into reverse T3? And therefore, my free T3 isn't available for use. And as the, re- the thyroid receptors out in the, in the body are being blocked by the reverse T3. Yeah. Gotcha. And that's where it gets really complicated. And if you're not used to interpreting these labs, you might not fully understand it. And you look at a TSH and say, oh, it's four or five or six and say, oh, it's good because your TSH is high. Your thyroid's producing a lot of thyroid hormone and everything's happy. It's not true. That's not what we want. We want our TSH to be in a very narrow window, Mm -hmm. honestly. And um, you want it right in the middle. And so a lot of, a lot of people who um, are interpreting these labs, unfortunately aren't doing it the best. (laughs) And then it's funny though, because I love it. I love when I'm like, I get a new patient um, who has had a dabble in hypothyroidism or whatever, or maybe they have Graves disease on the other end of the spectrum. Um, And then I I get a TSH. It's like, it's two and they're like, it's low. It's it's horrible. I'm like, no, this is perfect. Yeah. We don't want to change anything. And they're like, what? I'm like, no, you, you want it. So you want your TSH between, um, if you want, if you're wanting to conceive, you want it between two and 2.5. That's the perfect window. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hey, sister. Okay, girlfriend, have you signed up for the Healthy Cycles class yet? It is coming up on Monday, January 29th at 6.45 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Because girl, if you are just feeling like you don't have the time and you don't have the resources to figure out how to support your hormones and how to support your fertility, this quick, less than an hour class is going to give you exactly what you need to know for how in the Sam Hill can I actually help my hormones and my conception health. Okay. So I want you to scroll down right now and sign up for that class and come because seriously, you'll be so blessed by it. I'll see you there. And there's, um, I love, I don't know if you, have you heard of Dr. Maritza, Maritza Snyder? She, um, she has a podcast. It's called, I think, I don't know if she changed the name of it, but it was a called essentially, it was called essentially you. And she's a functional medicine doctor. Um, and she's provided lots of really cool resources and, and information. So I like to direct my clients to, to her stuff. Like she's provided like, um, hormone panels and, ranges mm-hmm. and all of that, which is really interesting just to look at just so, I mean, like we are not doctors. We never self-diagnose. We never self-medicate or self-treat or any of that. But like, it is good to be aware of like, okay, these are, you know, more specific ranges than what is at a standard doctor who hasn't had additional training. Like, so tell us about how do you get as a doctor, like, how do you get from like not knowing, you know what I mean, to of like just being kind of like, oh, well, you know, we we check TSH and T4 and like you're just kind of like more standard to knowing what you know. Like, how do you know this? <laughs> like, I'm just curious. <laughs> I just want to know, like, you know, because especially as like listeners are listening and trying to find a good doctor, like how do they know what to look for? Like, did you have extra training or is this stuff that you sought out? A lot of knowledge, not just for me, but for a lot of doctors, that's like, you can't fit everything into four years of medical school and three or four years of post-grad training. You just can't because medical information is constantly updating and, and going. So you really are a lifelong student, honestly. Um, if, if you don't, if you're not a lifelong student, you're going to get left behind. And so specifically why I learned more about the thyroid is because I've had my own thyroid issues. Like a lot of other people who know a lot about the thyroid, they had, most of them had their own thyroid issues and they went down the rabbit hole gotcha. of trying to figure it out. So it was a lot of, a uh, lot of uh, up-to-date articles and reading other, uh, physicians, blogs and, and, uh, and then putting it to my own practice and, seeing the effects of that in my own practice and in my own patients. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. I just like, I just want to know, like, I'm just curious. <laughs> so yeah. that's cool. And and what I love about you is that you, that just that philosophy that you have is that like, I am a lifelong student. I never am a master of anything. I'm always learning, which I think is really important, especially in our day and age of all of the new research and studies that come out, you know, it's a big deal. Okay. Let's talk about, let's just go down a, another little rabbit hole. Tell us about, I know you'll love this, about birth control and how that may have had an effect on our thyroid. Hmm. <laughs> um, so I don't know if this is in the mainstream realm yet of medicine, but um, so... 
birth control pill, as you know, Becca, can lead to um, gut per- uh, permeability, right? Can lead to leaky gut. And that is the main source of inflammation that it's the first step in the, like, the cascade often that's associated with taking birth control. And so let's see, what's the simplest way I could say this? When you are healthy and your gut is healthy and everything's happy, the lining in your gut that's responsible for absorbing nutrients, it has a very tight fit. Like all these cells are just meshed very tightly together that compose the lining. When there is inflammation, because the microbiome has been disturbed, because you're taking a synthetic hormone all the time, and then you're shutting down your own body's cycles, right? It's not just, you know, you're shutting down the system and you're in our, our whole body is designed in, in cycles, right? Our hormones, our circadian rhythm, our sleep, all of it. You've, you've disturbed that. And now your gut microbiome's not happy. Now you got some gut inflammation going on the lining in the intestines start to become looser. So things that were not supposed to be absorbed in the beginning can now get through. So now you got some proteins that are getting into your bloodstream that should not be there. And our immune system, being the awesome immune system that it is, find those proteins, make antibodies against them. And unfortunately, through something called molecular mimicry, those antibodies that our immune system make, those proteins that were that cause that antibody reaction are sometimes very similar to the our own tissues in our body. And the thyroid gland is one of those. So your body's your your immune system's doing its job taking care of these proteins in, in your blood that aren't supposed to be there from the leaky gut. But in Instead of what's happening is those antibodies are also starting to attack your thyroid gland and it can lead to an autoimmune hypothyroidism. That's like, it's just so frustrating that um, we always go back to the question of like, did your doctor tell you this could happen if when they prescribed you birth control, you know, Um, and like all the things that it could affect is just like wild. It's wild to think about that. It is. It really is. And unfortunately, like it just, it takes a lot of us physicians and other clinicians to go through it ourselves to be like, oh, and then to be bold enough to speak against it and, and share about it. Yeah. So what would you say, um, I mean, I know I enjoy if someone has had birth control in their system within like a year, but really at any point, because I mean, if you've had the birth control and then you've gotten off, you're having this, it's very likely you could be having the leaky, the leaky gut, just depending on what kind of symptoms you're having. Um, and if you're having the leaky gut, you're having the inflammation. There's a lot of studies that show, um, the thyroid connection to birth control and like just like the disruption of the thyroid because of the birth control. So um, so with that, I usually like to have people do some type of detox or um, cleanse to just mm-hmm. kind of help support their body to flush that out. So what do you like, 
tell us what you do. I, I'm just curious if you like get a patient, she comes in, you take out that IUD, your favorite thing. Um, what I did one today. Oh yeah, girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then what do you do? Like, what do you tell her? What's kind of your protocols? Well, with the IUD specifically, um, I'm not sure how much that liver's having to deal with because you know, it's, it's a IUD. Um, whereas with oral steroids, with the oral pills, um, your liver's it's going through that first pass. It's going straight to the mm. liver. Okay. And so it's sense. definitely taking on more of a detox burden. So with the pills, you want to think about uh, supporting your liver, but also you want to think about your colon because the liver's job is to, it has several jobs. One of them is to help filter some toxins, package it up in a little bow, send it back to the intestine and you poo it out. So right. one of those toxins that it's filtering from the blood is bilirubin, which is a very common lab drawn um, on a CMP. And it is the reason why our, our, uh, our poo-poo is brown. Okay. <laughs> it's bilirubin. So, um, so when you skid a bilirubin level, you want it to be low on your, on your CMP. And what's that saying is your liver is able to get that bilirubin out and you're it's able to package it up and you're able to get it out of your system. Well, what happens if you're constipated all the time? It's you're blocked up. You're blocked Overloaded up. It's not getting out. Yeah. And you're, you're reabsorbing the stuff that you're trying to get out. So if my patients are blocked up, that's the first thing I want to do before I even like mess with trying to do any other sort of a liver cleanse. Mm-hmm. So and there's a lot of things that you can do for that. The first thing, like the easiest, most natural thing, you got to be drinking water. And a lot of us need to be drinking a lot more water than we think. So I typically tell my patients, if they have no medical contraindications to drinking fluids, um, I tell them 80 to 100 ounces of water a day. Yeah. Like most of us can do 80 right. if we really try it. And then uh, morning walking to help stimulate the gut. I do show some of my patients some sacral uh, rocking techniques that them or their partners can help do that can help stimulate the nervous system to help with the bowels to move. Um, but then you also can do other things like um, my a lot. Of my first go-to is get my patients to take a couple um, dried prunes, three or four dried prunes a day, and that usually maintains them. And then you can always do some of the over-the-counter stuff like Miralax. Um, to get you going, but you really don't want to take laxatives and you don't want to take laxatives regularly because then your bowels become lazy and dependent on it. And it's just another medicine that your liver has to process. So I try to be as most natural as I can at the beginning. And then if needed, you can result to the other stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. When it it comes to a liver cleanse, there are so many things (laughs) you can go to. Right. (laughs) Some people are pro coffee enemas. Uh, I can't advocate for that. I've never tried it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, But for me, when when I do my own cleanse, I do like a five day juice cleanse. Okay. And I just I just do that for for me. Gotcha. But there, there's a bunch of stuff out there. I love listening to you. So yeah, that's super interesting. So listeners, like if you, I want you to start thinking about some things out of this episode. Okay. So 
Number one, um, we've talked about a lot of things. Like when did you last have your thyroid tested? And what did they test and who reviewed it? You know, so those are some things to think about. Um, the second thing I want you guys to start thinking about is um, if you've been on any kind of birth control, especially the oral kind, as Dr. Jamie mentioned, like, have you ever done anything to, you know, try to cleanse out your system or whatever? Those are just like things to kind of start processing and just being aware of like, okay, the the birth control may have, may have had an impact on my thyroid and it may be having an impact on my fertility now and it could be connected to the thyroid and the inflammation in the gut. I know this is like super complicated. So this is why you guys need to take my course <laughs> that's coming out in a few weeks because like it's going to just walk you guys step by step through everything. But um, but that's something I want you to think about as well is your birth control use in the past. All right, that wraps up part one of today's episode. I hope you guys loved it. And I would love for you guys to go into the periods group and share with us what was your favorite part about that episode. So um, we'll have part two coming up on Thursday and I will see you guys then. Okay, girl, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, would you please take 30 seconds and leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts? Literally just pause this, scroll on down, click write a review, and I promise it'll take two seconds, well, maybe like 25 seconds, and it would bless me so much to see what you thought about this episode and to hear your feedback. And also, if you could share this in a quick text message to the friend or family member that you were thinking of while listening to this episode, that would be awesome. It just lights me up to know that this podcast is helping you and other people. And girl, I pray that your progesterone is awesome. I'll meet you back next Thursday for another episode. Have a blessed day.